welcome to Diacast, a five-star podcast, according to our eight iTunes ratings. Here at Diacast, a group of four or five geriatric cats play different RPGs, bringing you a new game and system every few weeks. And Dire listeners, we are coming in hot for the start of season four with a sequel to last season's game of Monster of the Week. Zambezi, Winona, Erissa and Sabrina the Teenage Cat are all back for a fabulous and fantastical monster hunting long shot. This is our first foray into making a game longer and really getting into plot and character growth and we are very excited to share it with you. Whether you love it or hate it, please feel welcome to engage with us on social media with your opinions. But only leave a review if you love it. That's true. (laughs) Anywho, my name is Lukey and as usual we have an introductory question for our cast. This week the question is, what would be your monster hunting weapon of choice? I think mine would be a crossbow because it's relatively light. It's, I'm not going to say it's easy to use, but it's probably one of the easier things to use. And it's long range, so you don't have to get up close and personal with the Balrog, you know? Yep. Up close and personal with the Balrog, Gandalf's memoir. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is where we find out that um, I fell into a place without time or without meaning was a euphemism all along. He just sat down, got out his quill. Next thing you know, he's on the Kelly Clarkson show. Or like sitting next to James Corden going, so when I was writing this novel, I just fought a demon. One that looked like you, actually. (laughs) Yikes. On a slightly more, maybe, serious note. Uh, Say your name. No, No, never. I was just (laughs) going to remark that uh, Crossbow could probably benefit from a lot of modern advancements as well. Like you don't have to worry about spending ages hauling on the winch because you get a motor to do that for you and stuff like that. Yeah, they have some really snazzy modern crossbows. Which you know because... Well, you can only assume... Follow some archers on TikTok. That's fair. Um, Well, yeah. Uh, They, yeah. I mean, the real worry with things like uh, bows and arrows and and crossbows is that you might run out of ammunition. So you just got to, you know, be remembering to to gather it from your your felled enemy and uh, topping up on them every now and then so you don't reach into your quiver and find it barren. Indeed. Which, again, somehow not a euphemism. Hello there, my name is Jacob, and my monster hunting weapon of choice, I'm going to go on pure style over substance, and I'm going to go for like a chotel or a sickle of some kind. Some kind of curved sword. What's a chotel? A chotel, it's a curved sword. Um, Dothraki. Uh, it go yeah. forward a bit, then it go up yeah. and around. Good for getting over shields, or alternately... Picking the nose of a very, very large creature. <laughs> yeah. Like halfway between scimitar and sickle. Uh, yeah. Um, Kopesh is another variant. The ancient Egyptians used them. I was at about some to point, say, I, I looked up a picture and I was like, ooh, that looks like the Prince of Egypt's. Yeah. They yeah, look but... really, really difficult to sheathe. Yeah, it could be a bit difficult to sheathe and also not completely distant to like a kukri or something like that, which are also dope as fuck. I'll tell you the problem with these modern show tales takes you 20 minutes to sheathe them. <laughs> By the time you put it away, I'm on a time crunch here, people. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas a kukri, because it's short. Just pachuk, 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 pachuk. And they're cavalry weapons, which also works if you're riding a motorbike or indeed a bicycle, which would be just the most oh disrespectful God. way to drive by someone. Like <laughs> on a bicycle, with I a got sickle. beheaded by a guy on a fucking the rally eighteen gear. Yeah. Hello there, dear friends. My name is Peter, and I think for ease of use and ease of carrying, I think I just go with a saucepan. I just want to beat huh. the ever-loving shit 
out of varying creatures of the night with a reinforced saucepan. I mean, what you just need is a proper cast iron skillet then. I was going to say, yeah. like, if you had a good cast iron, then Get you could Get all Tiffany aching up in this. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. Very true, Tiffany aching. <laughs> true iron skillet. Because you can, you can also then, you know, use it as a saucepan. Because yeah. people often always think the that bonus. in a survival situation, what you need is weapons. Nah, mate. You need something in which to carry water. Yeah, and I can carry water. Hey, not, not you guys. I was watching a video from GameSpot of a guy going through, like, Elden Ring weapons and stuff. Mainly as a, just sort of a, an interest into medieval um, armaments. And he was saying that apparently there are instructions on how to use, like, war hammers and stuff like this. And the instruction is you hit them and you make go- make sure you hit them hard and once because you will not get to hit them again. No, because you have to, like... <laughs> really bring it back on the swing again to yeah yeah you yeah. do you surprise your enemy so much by hitting them with big thing big thing surprisingly this reinforces my instinct to go for a stealth warhammer build mm. whenever i can because it's not yeah. just funny it's also tactically advantageous uh hello my name is matt uh i mean so you got your, your classic crossbows and your stakes but i feel like we can kind of modernize a little bit so i feel i mean i'm gonna take a leap out of uh ash williams's book here i think my monster hunting web would be a chainsaw i just think it would be more fun in every conceivable way it is just so extra if it could replace one of my hands that would be a benefit but um yeah chainsaw absolutely and now that we are armed to the teeth let's get to it Hey, dire listeners, just a quick exposition before we get into the episode proper. In editing this episode, I realised we forgot to explain some plot decisions that were made before we started recording. Because there is a small time jump of about eight months from the original Monster of the Week episodes to now, we had a pre-game conversation about what has changed in our characters' lives and how we've been going about reinventing the Ordo Isca. There are two important things we decided that we reference but don't properly explain in this episode, so I'm just going to give you the background info for now. First is that our headquarters are a rundown barn conversion on an old estate owned by Zambezi's family called Throbington Hall. The main house is being converted into a fancy hotel and Zam is overseeing the work and we've taken over one of the auxiliary buildings in the meantime. You'll be introduced to that in just a moment. The second is that Doris, the former Ordo Iska member whose funeral sparked the events of the original series, left behind some useful clues. We found a storage locker full of her books and resources plus an extra surprise you'll find out about soon, as well as an address book that Arissa has been working her way through. Those are the only things that we felt needed a bit of pre-explanation to avoid confusion Apologies for the interruption, and I'll let you get into the show. Welcome, dire listeners, this week and for the next few weeks, we are going to be playing Monster of the Week. We are returning to this system and indeed the characters from our last rendition, which you can find, you know, somewhere further back in the playlist. And we decided that we would we would try something a little different, uh, spend a little time with established characters and settings, and also to, to enjoy the more long-form factors of the setting and just, like, be able to really dig into some characters and stuff like this. Yeah, basically we all enjoyed it a lot the first time, so we thought why not do a longer version, really dig into it, really dig our heels in. Indeed. Get in there and scoop out the innards. Absolutely. So 
If you're not familiar with our previous episodes of Monster of the Week, first of all, how dare you go back and listen this instant? You pee on. <laughs> Secondly, that was probably inessential. I just kind of wasted four hours of your life. Yeah, hey. Because we're going to go through a brief character summary and reintroduction because we've moved, we've had a little time skip between, you know, our pilot episodes and this, which you can think of as episode one of the new season. So it's like in Battlestar Galactica where they had like the bits before yeah, exactly. and then they had the first episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually starts with the thirty-three. Which let me tell you, if you have not seen the bits before, that episode is actually very confusing. I can imagine. <laughs> so what we're gonna start with, best place to start, I think, is let's start this cinematically, shall we? Let us let us imagine ourselves in an aerial camera position, a couple thousand meters above the southwestern British Isles. Camera will zoom into the windswept and rainy southwest of England to the county of Devonshire, where the green and rolling hills are interspersed with chuckling brooks and charming little villages and uncomfortably large tractors on uncomfortably narrow roads. And at an intersection between a couple of old roads is a small cluster of buildings, of, you know, charming kind of old farmhouse with a couple of outbuildings which have clearly had some renovation work done to them. And our camera is going to zoom in on one particular building, which is not so well done up as the others. Don't know what you mean. It has a roof and it has four walls. Yep. Uh, the windows, however, are still working on those, and that's proving to be uh, a bit of an issue. Perfectly good cardboard. Yep. Now the rain has that the rain has <laughs> properly uh, set in over the last couple of days. It's a work in so progress. There, there was yeah. some uh, cardboard. There is still some cardboard somewhere. It may have gone walkabout, blowabout, <laughs> blowabout in the recent high winds. <laughs> Yeah, so this is a barn which is partly under restoration. On this otherwise completely unremarkable morning, what are your characters doing that brings them here? And how have you spent the last... It was midsummer when we last left off our, with our characters after the prologue. So it's now about eight months later. Cool. Oh, so we've already dealt with the winter solstice. Indeed. <laughs> we've dealt with it we've come out the other side. And the autumn equinox. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, I don't mind going first, if, if that's all right. Uh, so I just think the only additional detail I'll add is on the front door is a piece of cardboard which has the words supernatural problems question mark inquire within <laughs> despite uh, the fact that this is a, a cluster of farm buildings in the middle of nowhere middle of nowhere you are getting no walking traffic at all yet there is still a sign that says like supernatural problems inquire within <laughs> this was originally meant to be stuck in the one of the windows but fortuitously it has blown onto the door and is currently being held there by force of gust <laughs> yeah it's just blown against the door and so in the front room of this conversion there's like to call it like an office would would be wrong but like there's like a couple of chairs <laughs> set up as if people might want to wait <laughs> to be served and there's like a desk which is made of mdf there's like a desk and like a, a ludicrously antique chair behind it with like all of the kind of the green puffing and all that <laughs> and this is the desk of my character winona thatcher ghost catcher and on the desk there is a, a laptop which looks like it's from uh, the 1960s. I know that's impossible, but somehow <laughs> that's the appearance of this piece of kit. And she's got various different kind of supernatural knickknacks around the table. She has a, a photograph of herself holding a book. 
Look, I can read. She has a uh, little bookshelf with a selection of her own published works <laughs> in case anyone wants to buy one. Perhaps she'll Aww. sign it for them as well. And then sitting behind this desk with a kind of fingers um, steepled in front of her is Winona Thatcher. She's kind of got the kind of the hippie mum look to her. She's in her like maybe late 50s. Very kind of bird's nesty hair. She wears kind of like big, big kind of flowy trousers and a cardigan. Long kind of wiry hair with a couple of beads in it. She's got this kind of somewhere between like an art teacher and a zany librarian thing going on she is the second or third best-selling supernatural author in the uh, in the south devon area and fairly recently as we'll know from the previous playthrough she realized that actually ghosts are real and a lot of supernatural things are real and so she kind of tanked her literary career by Ooh. saying like everything i've said up until now was a lie but this time i promise you i'm telling the truth oh yeah <laughs> oh that, that's not good pr yeah. but she's still selling the uh the books that were lies yeah she's basically like a washed up local celebrity but she also sees herself as like part of devon's answer to the ghostbusters along with you two. <laughs> and so we're gonna we're gonna just see her sitting there waiting in vain for uh, customers to arrive and after a couple of seconds she looks around the room checking that no one is in there and she takes a bottle of red wine out of her desk and pours it into her uh, her mug. It <laughs> says "World's Number One Author," and Aww. she just drinks, starts drinking the red wine. Oh, Bob! <laughs> that's uh, that's Winona. <laughs> I'd like to add in the sizzle. You said this was the front room. The front room, yeah. The uh... I don't think this renovation has quite managed interior walls just yet. So what you actually have is, you know, like those hospital curtains, privacy curtains. You've effectively, <laughs> yes. like, two of your walls are effectively a mock-up of those, which are, yes. like, to be fair, not completely useless. Nope. <laughs> like, there is a respectable kind of, when it's been, like, still in the winter, and, I don't know, you've been able to get, like, a few candles going, it's actually been surprisingly cosy in here. Hmm. However, yeah, so there's some very tired old curtains forming two of your four perspective walls. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this this is an old barn, so it definitely wasn't originally open plan. It has, <laughs> through no fault of its own, become open plan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most barns are sort of quite open plan when they start out, aren't That's they? That's a good point. This is an old farmhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been through various different guises over the years, and it's yeah. now very confused. Yes. It was a barn, then it was like a holiday cottage, and now... Yeah, it was It was a temporary like storage thing as well. Uh, it's very <laughs> much the, the family's equivalent of clearing out the attic and turning it into like a lodger's place yeah. and under a skilled converter you could definitely make somewhere that's quirky but homely unfortunately however so zambezi throbbing <laughs> is upstairs <laughs> renovating <laughs> well he would be renovating he's currently picking out with a set of tweezers bits of scarecrow from himself his last night's escapade included hunting down a rogue myth of a scarecrow that had got up it had not been terrorizing but it <laughs> it was it was up moving and sort of making noises in that direction of terrorizing so he went and dealt with it it was a bloody nuisance yes it hid in the bloody scarecrow section of home base we had to uh, destroy every single one of them I, <laughs> now my brain is not quest questioning whether that's a real thing but at the same time i'm not going it's to not. it is now i mean i probably there probably is a garden center somewhere that has a scarecrow section jeez louise so zambezi throbbing 
a sort of reasonably attractive half-wit is pulling splinters out of himself. <laughs> and uh, his the room that he is in is bedroom office tool shed. It's got one of these like camping beds shoved up against one wall. There's books that are loosely put in front of it as kind of a windbreak. All of his stuff is sort of shoved up against one side. There is a, a quite large wardrobe with a series of... It's the classic, you know, in every Monster of the Week, there is a person where they open the cupboard and there's like, it's just full of weapons. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. His isn't. An aspiring weapons locker. It is an aspiring <sighs> weapons locker. It has a hammer, an axe shaft, two cricket <laughs> bats, and then there is a sort of... A Christmas cracker. Yeah. There's <laughs> just an, an, an alarming number of those, like, cherry bombs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, and a and a copy of a farewell to all. Yes, <laughs> and a packet of unfilled water balloons. Yeah, yeah, like... yeah. But then he does have a jewelry case, and in the jewelry case is this quite menacing-looking flick knife. If only because the original blade has been replaced by a a shard of haft. I think that's what the bottom bit of the sword is called. I don't think it is. I think it's called like the tang or the. Jonathan. He's got a shaft. He's got a <laughs> shaft of the Jonathan. Oh, hang on. No, not wait. <laughs> no, <laughs> episode no, title. Not. <laughs> shaft of the Jonathan. He's got a bit of a sword placed within it, but at the moment he is with tweezers, currently sitting on his camper bed with his legs sort of splayed out like a toddler, pulling bits of wood out of himself. Oh, it's just like lots and lots of splinters, good, good. or oh, yeah, lots of splinters. It's impressive when you're literally being attacking straw men to get wood splinters, but um... oh, it's got a wooden bit in the middle. Fair, and it was animated. Also fair. <laughs> it was wildly animated. And he got into the wood chip supply. <laughs> oh yeah, he attacked me with a wood chipper. Yep, fantastic. <laughs> and finally, so downstairs on the other side of the the privacy curtain, I'm imagining there's like three rooms downstairs. One room is it's three rooms and two walls. Yeah, one is a a kitchen. I would assume. Yep. Yeah. Makes one sense. is we're known as office, and then the other is a little library. That ah. my character Erissa Starr has been putting together. It is the room with the old fireplace. So she has, she is next to the fire in an old lumpy armchair. She does have a very small old scratch desk. It's like an old, a desk from an old schoolhouse. It's got like an inkwell <laughs> things in it. Is it perfectly selected to be, like, just the wrong size? Exactly. But she's not sat at that at the moment. Around the walls are... I, I highly doubt we have bookcases. I would assume the books are... She has organised them so carefully, but they are in boxes. They... Oh, yeah, you know what there are. There are sort of those, those like, Ikea... Oh, yeah. ...drawers, but you just kind of put, like, the, the felt things, like the felt buckets in. It's those, yes. but without the felt buckets. Just with yeah, there's just lots of foes and a couple of very battered looking kind of World War Two era footlocker storage trunk type deals. Yes. Yeah. Very incongruous mishmash. Most of the seating in this room is a storage trunk. Yeah. There is also one blackboard and one corkboard on the wall and a very large spool of red string mm. <laughs> um, on the court board is of course a conspiracy board and on the blackboard is a list of names questions ticks crosses addresses it's a bit of a muddle erissa is 
a young woman. She is a librarian, but you wouldn't know it because she is... Well, she is a goth librarian. <laughs> Fades into the stacks. Yeah, well, the reason she dresses uh, goth is because she is, in fact, a changeling. So she is a fairy who was replaced with a human or was exchanged for a human child and raised as a human. And the glamour she was given when she was exchanged has started to wear off here and there. So in order to cover it up, she wears very thick makeup. And the main hmm. way that that works is if... She goes full in for the goth aesthetic. She also likes the goth aesthetic because it helps her not get too excited and happy. She can keep muted colours because she uh, she is what I've described as a joy junkie. She has a problem where if she gets too happy, she could like go on a joy bender. Yep, it's a real <laughs> it's a real problem that she has. So she hmm. has been librarianing. And so she is sat with Sabrina the Teenage Cat on her lap, flipping through uh, Doris Atherham's address book and looking at where she's put ticks and... She's put one tick and the rest are mostly crosses, question marks, red marks, exclamation points next to names. It's a very big address book. Yep. So she's got a long way to go. Fantastic. Uh, where's, where's the mirror in all of this? Oh, oh yeah. So this is new, isn't it? He's um, he's got to be in the in the library, surely. Yeah. So I would say that he is in the he's in the lounge area. He doesn't have any front windows at the moment, and it currently has a lot of like sheeting over it. Yeah. In the corner of one section that aspires on some long forgotten planning documents to be a lounge. In a corner next to a stack of like hmm. bricks and things like this. I think it's hidden underneath like most of a picnic blanket, and when the wind is still. You can, just at the edge of your hearing, you can sometimes hear it like muttering gently to itself or snoring lightly. So I think Zambezi, Zambezi at this point is going to find the last splinter and make a sort of noise, removing it, taking the tweezers and then thinking to himself, right, I need to get this back into Winona's desk without her noticing. (laughs) (laughs) He's got sort of tweezers in one hand and pride in the other, puts on his car hearts. He's still doing okay for himself. His alchemical business, which is mainly selling herbs. Freelance herbalism, I think, was how he was introduced. Yeah, he's still doing a bit of the freelance herbalism, but as of recently, the nutter count in the local region, or some people who are just into herbal remedies and things like this and don't trust hmm. Holland and Barrett, uh, have have come by him. <laughs> and he's and after Arissa taught him um, basic business, no, Winona taught him basic business. Let, uh, let's remember where we are here. <laughs> he's learned how to do a markup. So he, he's not doing awfully, but he's not doing particularly well either. He's going to walk over to Winona's desk just with the, with the tweezers in hand. So as you walk through the door, uh, Winona is in the process of taking a selfie of herself because she's recently discovered Instagram. Oh god. Oh, and no. she's treating it very much like all like mid to late 50-year-olds treat Instagram. <laughs> uh, and you catch her in the, and she immediately like panics, bangs her knee and drops her phone. <laughs> oh um oh I'm I'm really oh, I'm really quite Sorry. That's all right. I just I, I was looking in the the mirror. The phone does a mirror thing. I was just looking at just doing that. Oh, uh, yeah. what do you want? Uh, you drop this. And he's got to hand over the tweezers. <laughs> she takes them and she looks at them for a minute. She's like, "Oh yes, Zambezi. I think the tweezers should be in the weapons locker." And she gives them back to you. <laughs> <laughs> a dangerous I, weapon. You never know if we might need him. I will. Yep, I'll put them there. 
How did you, uh, uh, Zambezi, Zambezi, how did you get on with those uh, straw men the other day? Um, okay. Sorry I couldn't make it. I, uh, I you know, I was at the theatre. Oh. I've had those tickets for, for weeks. Oh, that's fine. You know, they were, they were, well, they were made of straw, to be honest. Um, it was only about halfway through the first one. I thought fire might be a good idea, if I'm honest. Um, and then, mm. you know what? The one day I don't carry a lighter. Um. Mm, yes, she's going to take her uh, her very well filled in and well thumbed notepad, <laughs> and she's just going to write down a fire. That's a good idea. We should um, invest in a flamethrower. I'll write it down. Oh, that okay. That might be a sort of a more of a long term project. <laughs> I'm sure we could find one on the uh, what's it called the um, the eBay. eBay. Oh, could find one there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe go to an internet cafe for that one. But even so, um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely exist? something something to add to the. Narrative. Oh, have you seen Arissa around? Uh, I'm in here. She, she's uh, in I'm there. In here. Oh, oh, I'm I in for- here, oh, I forgot how bloody open plan this is. No, hang on. What are you doing? What are you doing? Don't you? You can't walk through the wall. Um, like I should, like if you he was going to move the. You have to go the, through like, the, the door. Co- you have to go through. Use the door. the door. Okay. We have to. We, if we if we believe in the fiction of the wall, <laughs> then the wall is there. Use the door. I, I'm <laughs> I'm going to walk up to the hole in the sheeting and say, knock knock. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, you quite much. literally trying to break the fourth wall, Zambezi? <laughs> no, it's actually doing it. What was that show called? That's Dad's Army, Army reference. Oh. Ah, the one where they blow is. up the bank. Yes, go around the side. I'd forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, use the door. Yes. All right, Zam. Yep. Um. Right. Uh, well, you were right about the straw men. That was fire. <laughs> Eventually, fire. <laughs> but uh. I told you, take your lighter. Yep, it's yep. That's exactly what you said. I remember that as one was sort of trying to feather me aggressively into a wood chipper, but I, <laughs> I got the better of him. She reaches up to the chalkboard, which is just above, uh, just next to her seat, and she next to a little pole that says Zambezi, Erissa. She puts another one against her name. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much weighted towards her. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. What is this group's surveying local information? What's what's your equivalent lo- like an alert system for when weird stuff happens to investigate? Um, because you have one. However, however cockeyed, you need to have you need to have one for this adventure to start. So therefore, you have one. I assume Winona Thatcher has like a police radio. <laughs> I feel like we have several avenues of inquiry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I work uh, at the library, I think, so I see yeah, I people think one, coming one in asking them... for weird books all the time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like each of us individually is like constantly badgering our various contacts, but also I feel like the main thing we have is that we've put up little posters around town mm-hmm. <laughs> with a little landline phone number that goes to a phone on Winona's desk. Winona's gone for, I feel like, in conjunction with the two of you guys, we've kind of all had our own strong opinions, and what we've doubled down on is the idea of we can be mysterious and compelling because that will get more ca- like yes. engagement. Yeah. So we just have we just have posters all around town that just say something like, "Do you have a question that you don't know the answer to?" or something yes. like that. <laughs> we get a number. lot of weird calls. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, <laughs> um, but that's kind of our main area of uh, engagement. We could also set up like Google alerts. Yeah, but... <laughs> that's kind of more what I was going for. I'll yeah, be well, like, we can have more than one thing. Surely Winona also like. She's been ghost hunting or whatever for a while. Surely she has like a police radio or something, like a ham radio that she 
listens to yeah i feel like we can have all of these she's got a police radio we have an email yeah i was gonna suggest local facebook groups (gasps) yes that's a great idea and zambezi is now on all of them yep yes does this little farmhouse barn have wi-fi oh yeah it's the one thing it has yeah no it does the booking.com or whatever property next to it definitely has wi-fi thereby we have wi-fi (laughs) yeah exactly absolutely Part of what's made your toolshed come bedroom, come office, be in the place it is. It's the only place that you can get Wi-Fi. Yep. Only if you limit your browser to text only. (laughs) Yeah. So he is on all of the Facebook groups. He is on the beekeepers, the dog walkers. He's on everything of Exeter (laughs) and the surrounding area. He accidentally joined the dogging group until he realised what that was. (laughs) That's why we own that falter guys. Don't you remember? It was shaking cars with nobody in him. Yeah, exactly. No, no, he's he's on that one for a reason. It's like weird shit comes (laughs) up on that. Also, also, it's very useful because if people start talking about bright lights in the darkness, (laughs) it's either doggers or poltergeists. Aye, Um, aye, aye. We have run into so many people having sex on the <laughs> on the hunt for ghosts. I, I can think of nothing more terrifying than Zambezi turning up with a flick knife. <laughs> oh god! He's got to sort of run into the hedges and just go. Sorry, are you sorry, a sorry, ghost sorry. or are you horny? <laughs> or are you a horny ghost? Horny or haunted? That is one of the posters we uh. put up. You have a tally chart on that as well. Horny, haunted. And it's distressingly weighted towards horny. Yeah, six <laughs> to one. Uh, six to one at the moment. Yeah. So I think that a couple of groups have pinged off with a lot of activity today. There's a little bit of um of the discourse going round, which seems to have it's come from a, a South Dartmoor group with a seems to have been a local news piece, a local puff piece about a local council decision to not fund the restoration of a fallen menhir. A what? Okay. A fallen standing stone oh. near Beardown Tours, which is in the... Uh-huh. Uh, it's uh, Beardown Tours is a real place in the South Devon area, and... Surely all they need is some guy with a tractor and a rope. No, you need planet permission for that kind of excitement. <laughs> Not if you do it in the middle of the night, you don't. Elf and safety, Arissa. Elf and safety. Might become some sort of tourist attraction or something, and you can't have, mm. and you can't just be like, oh no, it's held up by rope, and then it falls on some unwitting family. Can't from, be having that. Yeah, yeah from the, Islington. Uh, yeah, it was deemed that um, funding was <laughs> sent to other places, that restoration of these stones is a delicate operation, and that at this time the council simply had other priorities which was causing a fair amount of equal parts, a lot of um, digitised tutting about the destruction of local cultural heritage with a lot of questionably ironic blowback about what are you on about? It's an upright rock, and it's not even upright anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's our history, goddammit. Yeah, more than that, it's a tripping hazard. How big is this rock? Sorry, what? Is this rock like only one foot oh, tall? No, it's fallen Why is over. It, a well, it is now. It's fallen over, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is now. <laughs> Who's chipping over a standing stone? They're huge. Again, it's not a standing stone anymore. That's kind of the point. It's a tumble <laughs> down it? stone. Get with the program, Alyssa. How many times have you tripped over a speed bump in the road? Now, how many times do you think <laughs> Never. You've, you've tripped over a speed... Really? My word. I go over them all the time. Why are you walking over speed bumps, Peter? <laughs> because I fear no man, apart from speed bumps. <laughs> How often would you trip over speed bumps if they were surrounded by very fast-growing grass? 
Yeah, exactly. Look, I feel like we're getting a bit sidetracked here. <laughs> we're like, in the weeds here. It really depends on the walker <laughs> and the size of his legs, um, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of back and forth, most of it fluff. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> You're also seeing a lot of very, shall we say, enthusiastic middle-aged Facebookers. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, running the gamut from racist uncles to... Well-meaning aunts. <laughs> charmingly swivel-eyed second-gen hippie aunts. Yeah, so when they reference back in the day, it's an equal chance that it's either World War II or Woodstock. Point being that neither group will have actually witnessed those events. Yeah. The other thing to note that catches your attention is a local police bulletin for the Dartmoor area, the Princeton Police Station, issuing a safety advisory that they've had a lot of information about strange lights being seen on the South Moors around Bear Down and the Devil's Tour. And for people not Ooh. to, you know, light fires outside of designated campgrounds or playing with fireworks or anything Ooh. like that. You check the dogging community, they got a meeting going on around there. Yeah, at the like moment? just just in terms of just quickly in terms of roleplay, is this stuff that Zambezi you've kind of just brought to the table for the morning meeting? <laughs> oh, it would definitely be buzzed on the Facebook groups. Yes, yeah, this is like like two separate things that have happened in the South Down area yeah. are around the same time. Mm. Both of these are creepy. Well, one of them, one of them isn't creepy. One of them is just like one trans- of them is just a failure of local government. <laughs> but yeah, that that's not especially creepy. It's odd that they haven't like put it up again. Hopefully, we don't have to put it up. Although he's now going to start googling tow ropes. <laughs> I mean, me. I don't know if your Honda Civic's going to handle that. No, no, like... the, the, the van won't. Unfortunately. Um, oh yeah, we got a van. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, the, not uh, Honda Civic. Yeah, yeah. And I've run out of favors I... with the Pegasus community. I can't call on them again. <laughs> and unfortunately yeah so that might be bad uh, he will check his phone quickly and just check he's like well well the walking and the rambling community luckily won't be in the area so hopefully we won't get many witnesses if we go down there and have a check down what's happened with this old fallen rock and also it being february mm. not exactly high season for tourism even with the mm-hmm. best of weather and you guys are not experiencing the best of weather right now the mm. rain's passed off but there's still a fair amount of wind and cloud Is cover. Is Storm Eunice happening in-universe as well? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just checking general It's not a nice day. It was a dark and stormy night. That's a couple of the comments that drew, drew your attention to the police announcement, was someone remarking, well, if they've been managing to light fires in this weather, I think they deserve mm. a medal. <laughs> ah, okay, ghost fires. You will also check the, the sort of local artist community and see nobody is doing some kind of art installation. <laughs> We've fallen foul of that one before. Yep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we spent so long looking around that bloody installation after they mm. caught us. Yeah, it was it, like, mm. oh, a maze pops up in the middle of nowhere, and you go in with a flick knife, and everybody. Oh, that was. That was... Listen, like, <laughs> I was under the impression that there was a haunting, so I was within my rights to bop him on the nose. It wasn't. I didn't know the man was an actor, did no, I? No, no, it was. <laughs> like, I didn't. <laughs> they took it in very, very good stead, though, oh, I will admit. Um, How am I supposed to know what a Dalek looks like? like... <laughs> well, exactly. Um, so, okay. Like a haunted trash can to me. Okay, I will try and. Right. I, I want to try and look further into this. So, ghost fires. Ghost or hmm. ghostly. So, the police are like, yo, stop doing this, I'm assuming. Yeah, there have been reports of strange lights and fires. Don't ramble on Dartmoor after dark. What are you crazy? Also, don't light fires out in the wild. What are you crazy? Was okay. the general gist. <laughs> okay, so if, if we're going to find them in the dark. Zambezi is immediately going to go into planning mode because a lot of his adventures have begun with trial and ended in error. 
So he's just going to be like, right, okay, I think it's best we all go and check this out. Because I'm going to be quite frank here, I have been doing a lot of the heavy lifting. I have been out there, I know you're the people in the chair, but this this is a lot bigger than <laughs> scarecrows. <laughs> and th- also, thank gosh it was wet. I still don't know how I got splinters, even though it was wet. <laughs> but thank gosh it was wet. Or it Frankly, I feel like that in itself deserves a supernatural investigation. <laughs> yes, um... I, I wrestled that ghost not two months ago, thank you very much. Yes, and I have been out three once times again, in the last once again, wrestling month. a ghost... <laughs> One does have to wonder how you managed to wrestle an uncorporeal being, but we'll let that one go. I have magic. That uh, was magic. Yes, Arista, we understand. You're a magical creature. <laughs> right. Right, okay. So I think I think we should do a little bit of research, mm. and then we should hop in the van, yeah. I- and we should go and check out this menhir. He's going to get about just packing a bag full of the general kit and just getting ready, because he's going to pack a bag first... And then he's going to go and have a chat with the living room. Nice. Oh, well, Arissa is already going over to uncover our friend in the mirror to ask mm-hmm. him what he thinks. So those who listened to the first uh, iteration of this game may remember that uh, the events kind of revolved around the funeral of a woman called Doris Hatherham, who it turned out Doris. was the last member of the Ordus Isca, a monster hunting society. And... After her death, we found a storage locker belonging to her with a bunch of occult items, and we decided, this was before we started playing again, we uh, decided that one of the items we found was a magical mirror in which is housed a sort of simulacrum of a 17th century pirate? Uh, 19th century. 19th century pirate called Jack... Rattenberry. Jack Rattenberry, Jack the Rat. This is a real pirate, but... (laughs) Who really existed. Yeah, so you uncover uh, from this, you've just about got the swoop now after several tries. He has requested you've a dramatic You've just about swoop. got the dramatic like sweep to uncover the mirror, which is, yeah, your standard kind of silver backing. There are faint lines kind of etched into its surface, which you can see if you peer closely. But your, your reflection, your silhouette distorts and the light barn and your dark silhouette, they kind of distort, shimmer and the colours invert, so it's suddenly a pale form surrounded by dark, vaguely foggy background. The figure that appears is vaguely outlined, roughly humanoid, and parts of their form only come into focus as they move or speak, so it's only the bits of their body that they're paying attention to, effectively. Mm-hmm. So if he's gesticulating while talking, his hands will become defined and then just fade into mass. But yet, yeah, uh, this form appears holding up an arm as if to shield itself from light. The arm fades and a face appears, that of a quite a short and stocky person, elderly with, uh, in, in about the 60s, weathered features clearly this is a man who's spent most of his life getting slapped in the face by the worst that the English Channel and South Sea have to offer (laughs) but nevertheless with a very fulsome beard uh, that clearly was attempting to go for a Victorian gentleman mutton chops but is just a bit too rough around the edges to make it stick so it does look like someone slapped his face with a woolly brush and the bristles have stuck (laughs) blinks his eyes stares at you and goes Oh, great. You're still here. Guess you couldn't find anyone more competent yet, eh? Afternoon, Jack. Thank you very much. You're welcome, I suppose. Why are you bothering me this time? We got a, uh... What's it called? A menhir? A menhir. Menhir. We got a menhir down out by the tours. 
That's, a, that's got... a big stone, Jack. It's a big stone. Oh, you know what a men here is. And we got strange lights. Strange lights. Yeah, you got plenty of strange lights nowadays. No, I mean like lights that even the coppers think is strange. Oh, these be them bobbies. The constabulary, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we we know what those are. It's it's the lights. We don't know what they are. <laughs> have you have, have you ruled out? We're we're more than familiar with the constabulary. <laughs> have you ruled out your mundane? Ruled out your your kids. Ruled out your um your hound tounders, whatever you call them. Big storm going on at the moment. Far too stormy for anyone to be uh, setting off fires unless they really know what they're doing. And if they know what they're doing, they ain't going to be setting off fires in this weather. If they do know what they're doing, we should recruit them because next time the scarecrows arrive, we could use a fire expert. <sighs> I told him to use the bloody fire. He forgot his lighter, would you believe it? It's raining, isn't it? <laughs> well, a strange lights you're looking at. There's a couple things. Strange lights and a manier down. Ah, well, I ain't sure about the lights, but if a stand in stones come down, that's that's not that's not good. There's um plenty of old magic round about the moors, and a lot of it is uh concentrated in them stones. Not all of them, mind. Some of them are just big lumps of rock. How do you how do you how do you know the difference? Where does manier go down? Where does manier go down? Oh, it was um. Uh, near Prin- near Princeton. Bearmouth? Bear, bear something tall. Bearsdown. Bear, hang on. I, hang on. I got this. Bearsdown. Bearsdown. Bear, that's the oh, one. Bearsdown tour. Oh, that's, that's, that's an old one. Even for stones. That is, if you've heard of it, I. Even for the standing law. Old one. Do you know what it's, uh, what it's guarding? Nope. Excellent. That's, that's from before. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that just tickled nope. me. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> It was, um, no, I remember we picked it up. We had a poke around, me and old Thackeray, back when um, we was investigating Devil's Tour about a couple miles north, about a mile north. I think that name is a mis- is misleading. I think they did it on purpose. Oh, yeah, like, there's, there's, there's Devil's Tour is the most normal place in the towns, <laughs> if you ask me. And th- this is this is legit actually because I saw the name Devil's Tour when researching this. I went, oh, that's fun. And then all the research that I, I I had was like, no, there's nothing there. No one knows why it's called Devil's Tour. Devil's Tour, named after Thomas Deville. Like <laughs> he was a known silk scarf seller. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a uh, it's what they call it, a red errand. <laughs> um, yeah, Devil's Tour, dead end. Bearstown. <sighs> I mean, the we had one of them um, thousand rods, which got a bit of a picked something up, and our dog didn't like going near it. But we don't have a dog. We do have a cat. Would that help? Not in this weather. I put her in a little <laughs> raincoat, and I carry her on a little papoose in my front. <laughs> <laughs> Two things: Meniere's standing stones mark places of importance, or they guard places. They're either a boundary marker or a lock. So. Oh, Bearstown used to be called, um, also known as Fox's Foil in the local area. Because um, on fox hunts, foxes would, uh, they'd know to run there and give the hounds the runabout. Hounds always seem to lose the trail around there. The foxes knew to go past, um, and it's also, it's between two streams, which is, uh... So what you're saying is it's a Tory confounding moment. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> The rascals. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> From the other room. You don't know what he's saying. Say wig confounding. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they, they dive between um, Bears Down, cross the river, and double back up to Devil's Tor. 
lose them nine times out of ten. Um, right. Well, um, thank you, Jack. Uh, we will. I mean, That's I don't true. really know how to what, what to give you, but you're you're um, a mirror. But, uh, 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 cheers. Surely, if if we can give him things, we would have worked it out how by now. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Think that, yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> We promise to keep trying to work out how to help. Zambezi will limp in from the other room. Um, not not as in like a debilitating limp, one of those sort of kind of limps. Yeah. Um, and he will set down his tablet and he will put on location, location, location. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately transfixed. Immediately yeah. transfixed. Yep. Absolutely. He, he loves Philip Christie, he does. Yeah. Um, Are they banging yet? <laughs> <laughs> We don't know. That's part of the mystery. Uh, um, um, right. Uh, I can put on your whale sounds as well if no, you like. No, no, <laughs> no. No, don't put on whale sounds. Not the crazy in the deep. Send it back. Never again. It's unnatural, mm. I tells you. I'm going to lead Winona and uh, Arissa out of the room. Do I not have time to check the library? No, no, no. Into the other room, which is the library. Oh, okay. So we're going to, yeah. Because if we do some librarying, we get some advantages. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say, I feel like if you want to, you are the librarian, so perhaps you should library. Okay. I would like to, afterwards, I'd like to pack a bag full of useful yep, things. <laughs> um, I was sort of half listening for the other room. Um, Is putting the big rock thing back up? At me? So are we writing the manier? Or... Ooh. We don't know yet. I feel like it's too early in the investigation to make that call. You're gonna have to have a look. Okay, because I will. I might look around for for. I mean, you are on a construction site. I know I am on a construction yeah, are you, site. Are you I'm... thinking we might need a hefty tow rope? Yeah, I'm gonna look for a hefty tow rope or a winch. I mean, it can't hurt to bring him if we got him handy. Yeah, like we might not need it, but it can't hurt to have it handy. I think actually bringing a hefty bit of rope is probably a good idea anyway. Yeah. Because, you know, on more than one of these missions, we've unearthed an ancient tomb. <laughs> I'm... And uh, I, I hate to break it to you, but Lara Croft, I ain't. N- yes. <laughs> However hard you no, try. No, those shorts did not work. <laughs> it was high summer. I'm a liberated lady. I can wear what I like. Yeah, but they were four sizes too small, Winona. It wasn't my fault, was it? I was that size once. I will um, <laughs> I will also... I was eight. Yeah, uh, so I, I will generally put things into the back of the van that I think are useful. But I am going to look around for some kind of winch. Problem is, it's not really a secure and advantage role, is there? No, I mean, I'm looking through the... No, there, there's nothing I could use. I do not want to use what could go wrong when going through a construction site. I think that's just asking for danger. <laughs> you know what? If you want to give me a... Give me a roll plus sharp to try and, like, acquire something useful. Okay, I'm gonna... Oh! Oh, I've done quite well. This reminds yeah. me I need to have... Where's 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 me? There it is. For dear listeners at home, we're using roll 20 uh, for this. Which does... Oh! A 12. Fantastic. Which... Which, which rolls for us so yeah. we don't have to remember where our dice Indeed, are. Yeah, which so, didn't stop some uh, people and... spending 10 minutes picking out bespoke dice before the... Um... <laughs> I spent two minutes... Two minutes. Okay. Yes. So you have a you have a little mosey around these. I think there's there's there happens to be the twelve means that one of the other other buildings is actually go undergoing some fairly serious rebuilding, which means there's some there's a fairly serious kit knocking about, mm. and there is a. I think that there, uh, as well as you guys helping to renovate this compound, there are some more serious professionals, contractors, um, and yeah. one of them has a winch with a tow bar. And they are conveniently all huddled inside, avoiding the weather. So, with the clever use of a screwdriver, yep, yeah, you can you can get yourself a tow bar with a winch. Okay, 
Yeah, nicely done. Straight in the back of the van. Yep. We've definitely already purloined several hard hats from the worksite. Oh, yeah. And so he's going to pack his bags with, I mean, like, basically, like, snacks, a bit of food, some iron filings, and a sort of box of assorted herbs. Yep. It's a bit of a mess. Uh, it's not particularly organised. It's like, if he needs a certain one in the moment, it can't harm if he throws all of them at, at whatever's... I'm happy to treat the um, the back of the van as a kind of... We won't have a discrete inventory, but we can have like, oh, is there... I will produce this bit of vaguely useful clutter, you know. Yeah, there's like... Yeah, there, yeah, there, like, there are think... one or two tools. There's like shovels. It's got basically like a decent toolkit in yeah. it. Yeah, I feel like this is more for like anything that would not be justifiably in there unless yeah, yeah, we nominate yeah. it. Erisa, you were going to do some extra research. Yeah, so one of the... Impro- well, the improvement I took was to gain a haven with two options. So I've chosen Law Library and Mystical Library. So Law Library, when you hit the books, take a plus one forward to investigate a mystery... And Mystical Library, if you use your library's occult tones and grimoires to prepare yourself, take plus one forward to use magic. What would be the more appropriate one to be using at this time? Because I presume I don't have time to do both. Unless you can convince me that you're hitting the books in order to prepare yourself for... With magic, but that would require a series. Yeah, you can definitely get a plus one for something. Depends what entirely what you aim to achieve. If you want to get a plus two, you're going to have to argue for something really quite specific. <laughs> well, I am specifically looking to see if we have a book that crosses over Meneers and Tours of Devon, Dartmoor, whatever, and the sort of magical properties of them. Yep. So, you know, what happens if they're taken down? What is the history of each one? What happens if they're taken down? If they're put back up again, how do you do it correctly? What is the fallout? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You can definitely... That sounds like investigating a mystery with a plus one, and you can absolutely do that. Okay, cool. So, basically, so am I rolling investigate a mystery now? Cool. I got a 10. Okay, so that is on a 10 plus, now you hold two, which you can use as effectively like a hand of cards to ask one of the questions which is listed in the move description for the sake of our listeners. The questions you can ask are, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? What is being concealed here? We will interpret those questions liberally since we are discussing a physical object. Also, you will see there are sub-menus. There are four extra questions there. How is this phenomenon or location doing this? What could fix it, cure it, or slow it down? How far does the effect reach? What will be affected next? Okay, so I have... You have two holds. Yep, and I will use them at some point. Ha 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 ha. yes. Ah, I know useful things, such as... Ah. Insert proper relevant detail here. Yep, cool. So you have hit the books, you feel satisfied with your research. You guys setting off? Yeah, the, I'd just like to quickly note the two items that I've put in the back of the van, just for clarity, is I have put the uh, the group's shotgun yep. in the back. Yep. Uh, I don't want to go too bananas with firearms, because part of the fun of this is that we're in Devon. Yep. But I would like to say we've got a shotgun with, like... A conservative amount of mm-hmm. shells, yeah. I think, is fair. Like, I'll leave it up to uh, the game master to decide exactly what that means. I'm not tracking ammo, but you're not going to be able. You're not going to be able to put. If you try and pull an ammo, it will be a very, very brief. Yeah, ammo. like Evil Dead. This ain't. Like, yeah, exactly. I've got a, like a shotgun designed for shooting yeah. grouse that has grouse shooting ammo. And the only other thing I'd like to add that I've brought because we have discovered that in the past this has been a useful tool for flummoxing the supernatural is i've brought my beats pill speaker 
with me. Yes. Because <laughs> you never know when a bit of loud music might freak somebody out and nonplus them. Fantastic. Perfect. And other than that, just, yeah, generic spades and torches and high-vis jackets and the kind of things we'd have in yep. the back of the van. Fantastic. For uh, weaponry, um, <laughs> my weapon's noted down, so I have my... I will take my flick knife in its box, and then I will also bring in my nunchucks. Excellent. Because I have Your nunchucks. nunchucks? I don't know why I have nunchucks noted. When... Uh, <laughs> When you pick them up, Winona's going to give you a look and she's going to be like, nunchucks? How long have you had nunchucks? I've, I've had nunchucks this entire t- This is why you need to come out on the road with me more. You can see I don't get to use them that often. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, the flick knife does most of the work, but the, the nunchucks are yes. quite good for... Well, well, I'm going to be honest, they're quite good for <laughs> squirrels. Um, she, she's going to put a hand on your shoulder and he's like, yeah, this isn't a Bruce Lee movie, you know? <laughs> I know. This is real life. I know. Like, nunchucks? Just two bits of wood with a chain in between. Can you do you know how to use that? Yes. After I right. you actually? Yeah. After I watched a lot of videos, <laughs> she's gonna like step back. This is this is where we're known, not Matt speaking. She's gonna be like, all right, all right. If you see, you can use them and bring them along. Then, yeah. but you know, <laughs> we had the the nunchuck training week was a bad week for everyone. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, if you twat yourself on the head with those, that's your own good, business. Good use of a cricket helmet. Mm. Yeah. First visit to to A and E. I will admit it is quite an odd odd, odd item because you can sort of just pick. It's like pick two, and I remember breaking my cricket bat, <laughs> so I, I just had nunchucks. But now I've got apparently the uh, the other weapon is probably go. It is just going to be a cricket bat, but it's sort of it, yeah. We put the cricket bats in the back. Yeah. Um, but but most of the time it, it's nunchucks, nunchucks and a knife. Yep, nunchucks and a pocket knife. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I've I've got uh, what a weirdo. I've got a big a big hunting knife, and I've I've probably got some like magical stuff, you know, just some chalk mm. and some mm. stones and a pentagram and whatnot. Yeah, and I of course have Sabrina the teenage cat in her front oh, carrier. Yes. Should we put her in an anorak because it is raining? Oh, yes. I have put her in her anorak. I've got her in car seat and I've got her front carrier so that when we get to the uh, the moor, I can carry her on my front because she probably can't walk in this. Nice. Good thinking. <laughs> this poor cat. <laughs> All right. I, unless anyone can think of anything else, I think we're ready to um, yeah, ready to rumble. put the pedal to the metal. Yes. Right. All right. Now. Yeah, and then he's just going to sit there and just be like, right, does anybody have the address in their phone? <laughs> hang on, oh, yeah, hang on, I've hang also on, brought, like, an ordnance survey map oh, of Dartmoor. <laughs> yep. So, let's... Oh. No, no, I told... We're in the 21st century now. We're going to use Google Maps. Right, yeah. hang on a minute. Car just... The van <laughs> just takes off. <laughs> yeah. just, no, I, well, all right, it just goes straight... It's straight for, like... It's straight for, like, three miles anyway. We'll get right. connection, I, I'm, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, they will pootle off in their little van. They never get connection. Winona spends the entire journey being like, hang on, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) The connection is the instructions always come through about three seconds after they're relevant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Turn left in 100 metres, she says, 200 metres after it will be irrelevant. Yeah. Is this Kingsland Road? Is it? (laughs) Arissa doing some very serious backseat driving. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Arissa is sat on the backseat with her cat carrier and her maps and her books just calmly (laughs) trying to find the way. Mm. No, we go. No, turn right. No, not this one. Okay, oh, I, yeah, okay, you're going to have to let him pass, he's a tractor. <laughs> you're going to yeah. come to a roundabout in two miles. <laughs> ago, two miles ago. Oh, was that the one we passed? Oh, 
bollocks. <laughs> By the end of this, Zambezi remembers why he works alone. Um, people will find that I have just posted a screenshot ah. in the into the chat to give a... Uh, because I couldn't work out how to do it on my desktop. Um, just for the viewers at home, what Jacob has posted is, a, is an entirely accurate, but looks to me like... A, a, a shape a, it's just a slide of green isn't it <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, it is. it's just it's just it's it's a piece of green with a little red marker dot in the middle <laughs> it's the location of bear down this tours. is the location yeah. of bear yeah. down tours this is the geographically accurate location um so what we're looking at you've successfully proven it's in the middle yeah, of fucking exactly yeah. <laughs> um just slightly south of this image uh neatly hidden by the the big label that covering the bottom third of the screen that says bear down tours is bear down farm mm-hmm. which is a uh licensed camping ah. ground and that's about half a mile out from princeton wherein thank god it's raining no witnesses wherein dartmoor prison um <laughs> oh shit Sorry, I've actually been here. Sorry, I think, uh, that yep. is bizarre. I've just looked at it. I, I recognise that rock. I've actually yep. been there. Our... Sorry, carry on. I recognise that rock, guys. It's the high life of Dartmoor. Yeah. We are between two rivers. We're about one and a half miles across this this view. Bear Down Tours is tours because it's actually free tours, which for our non-Southwest UK listeners... We don't have any of them, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, they are hills. They're not. They're big. They're big, chunky yeah, rock big, outcrops. Big, chunky rock outcrops with a light dusting of foliage and topsoil on them. And there are often great big old stack layers of granite on the top as well. They're basically a piece of a big chunk of rock that's stronger than the surrounding rock. So when the surrounding rock was weathered down, it wasn't and yep. it sticks up. Uh, and there are a big bit of igneous. Yeah, there are three of these loosely scattered about, tallest of which are, well, all of them are 500 metres above sea level, but they're not more than 100 metres above the surrounding landscape. And yet yeah, you have two small rivers. One is the West Dart River to the east, about half a mile to the west. You've got a river whose name I could not find, a nameless stream, which is, um, yeah, that's a mm. mile to the west. And about two miles to the north is Devil's Tor. The westernmost of the Bears Down Tours has the only, like, only modern structure on it, which is a great big old flag pole marking the boundary of a military range. And in order to get to Bears Down Tour, having probably parked by Bears Down Park, you will have to, you will get up there. The most convenient route is to follow a military path. Question, um, how far is the walk from the car? If we've parked the car, how far up, how long, dis- like time-wise? Uh, I mean, it's a couple hours. Oh, a couple of hours hike. I love that we're asking this as if we personally are going to have to do this walk. Oh, Jacob, I don't know if well, I no, can I'm make think- it. What I'm thinking is, for example, if we leave the car actually, behind. Actually, no, no, call it, call it an hour. Call it an okay, hour. Or an so, hour from because the car. It's- That's fine. So then before we leave the car, there's certain things we should take because it'll take us an hour to come back if we've forgotten them. Mm. Yeah, and you can you can have assembled packs with stuff in them. I don't need a complete adventure. Just call out anything yeah. especially prominent yep. or potentially plot relevant. Protein bars. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's just going to be the portable winch. I will say we, we did have a winch and tow bar, so it does need to be connected to the car to be workable. Yeah, so you're welcome mm. to take the winch with you. I think without the car, it's not going to be that useful. Ah, oh, cock. Uh, why don't we just take a rope? We'll take a rope, because yeah. we might need it for purposes other than hefting a men here. Yeah, take, yeah, um, rope, weaponry, trowel, camping gear. There yep. we go. Always, you've got to know where your trowel is. Always got to know where your trowel uh, is. I will take, yeah, high beam torches. I will take my shotgun. Mm. But uh, I have a permit. 
All those good old head torches. Yes. Yeah. Always keep your hand free. Well, we've all got hard hats that we've stolen. <laughs> and, and head torches. Appropriated. <laughs> yeah, what time is it? Uh, good question. What time do you want it to be? Well, it was... Uh, well, we want, it Preferably... to be, we want it to be evening. <laughs> do we? Yeah. Well, early evening, because yeah. we want to see the lights. Yeah. Zambezi has slept in most of the day due to scarecrows. <laughs> May I suggest we arrive at sundown? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know that we said let's set off immediately, but you know you can wait till whatever time mm. you desire. Yep. We stopped at a little place on the way and got pasties. Yeah. <laughs> we stopped for a full cream tea. As is our way. <laughs> Arissa had a plain scone. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be too careful with condiments, boys. Yep. Right. Yeah. So we set out. Anything else we would want? Uh, a shovel. A shovel. If someone's yeah, got, I've a got, got a trowel. We got a nice. shovel. Uh, we're taking the cat, right? Shovel, trowel, yeah. rope, camping cat. gear, shotgun, hybrid, uh, powerful torches. Food and are drink. you going in? Are you going all hard hats? Are you going in with the hybrid jackets as well, or? Uh, Always good to have them. Let's have them, but not wear them. <laughs> Just in case, if we stray into military territory, yeah. you are not a spy if you're wearing a high visibility jacket. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> exactly. one questions you if you're wearing a high vis jacket. It's absolutely wild how well that works. Actually, yeah. Given I'm literally carrying a gun, I'll put on my high vis jacket. <laughs> so yes, it is um brief uh hours hike. <laughs> You're all Devon locals. Um not that this gives you innate hiking proficiency, but I imagine you've done something around <laughs> Dartmoor before. Yeah. So you end up curling up around the edge of the farmland and out into the wilds along the edge of the military trail. Just as the sunlight is beginning to fade, yet the sun is just kissing the horizon. When you reach the foot of these outcroppings, these tours, rise about 100 feet, you can see you've approached from the east, from uh, the bank of the West Dart River, so you can very, very dimly see the flagpole silhouetted on the westernmost tour. I think the first thing that you're going to notice, how overt are you being in your approach? Are you dimming torches as you approach? Are you... I mean, I don't feel we have any reason to. Not as of yet. Hmm. I think we're going to surprise the thing that surprises us. (laughs) With surprise. Yes. (laughs) The first thing that you see in in kind of the dim light is a a vaguely person-sized silhouette with the flicker of a high beam torch, a high beam head torch of some kind, Mm -hmm. that kind of turns to face you and makes its way towards you. This shape reveals itself to be uh, a very short man in distressingly sensible hiking gear, so anorak, hard-wearing jeans, sturdy boots, looking very well-worn, a sensible woolly cap, and a pack with just so many straps and things on it. (laughs) Evening, Chuck. (laughs) Ah, yes, you, there. Lovely day. What are you on about? It's almost nightfall. What are you doing up here on the downs? You've got nothing to do with those fires that have been started recently, I suppose? Hmm? Come, 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 looking about? What are you doing up here on the downs? I'm asking the questions, young missy. Thank you very much. Well, first of all, I'm a muzz. And do you have a license for that animal? Uh, we're work experience firemen. <laughs> the figure peers at you. By now, you can make out, like, the face underneath the... the uh, I think they, he's kind of, like, dimmed his uh, head torch so it's not, like, you know, full on. The high beams. Yeah, he's not high yeah. beams in your eyes. And you can see the face of a 
Yeah, so like late 40s, clean cut, no facial hair, bifocals hanging on a piece of string, and <laughs> around his neck is a lanyard with what is clearly a rolled up map tucked into a waterproof sleeve. In one hand, the man is clutching a very well-worn guidebook of some kind, and in the other he has a a walking pole, which his it's in his hand as he gesticulates, and he's got it in like, you know, walking pole grip, so he's not waving around a, a sharp yep. pointy stick at you. But he could be if he got sufficiently irate. Good to know, good to cool. know. Right. And he's, he's just kind of squinting at all the time. And it could be because it's dark, but also that just kind of seems to be his generic expression. His every move and statement seems to give off the impression of a mildly offended stoat. <laughs> right. I would immediately, uh, once he starts waving his like stick around in stick grip... I would like to give Arissa and Zambezi a look that says, let me handle this. <laughs> I will step back. <laughs> Arissa pulls out a folding chair. I would like to give you my shotgun, Zambezi. I will hold the shotgun. I don't want to approach the man with a firearm. While we're on it, I hope a firearm's licensed as well. You do know we're on the edge of a military training ground. They take a very dim view of, of gun discharges that they're not responsible for. I'll walk uh, gently up to the man with my arms kind of spread peacefully and I'll be like... Uh, sorry to disturb you, sir. My name is Winona Thatcher. Perhaps you've heard of me? God, I hope not. The squint intensifies. Oh, yes, I think I'm familiar. You're that, um, you're that psychic woman. Started rambling about about, about real ghosts a few months ago. Yes, I, I remember, I remember. I suppose I should have expected someone of your sort poking around. Number three on the big read. Uh, yes, hello, <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> Um, me, I, I am up here to investigate this uh, manor, which uh, I've been led to believe is the centre of um, lots of local legends and lots of local history. I'm actually writing a book on the subject of fallen manors, and uh, as you can see, my lovely assistants are merely here to help. I me. see. And so presumably the shotgun is in case the falling rock jumps out and startles you, I presume. I'll have you know that I'm a keen grouse hunter, and... Uh, <laughs> And I like to keep the gun with me in case of an opportunity. Also squirrels. And as my as my nephew also says, also squirrels. Um, nice to meet you. Uh, pleasure, I'm sure, eventually. Well, for the record, while we're on introductions, you have the honour of being introduced to one Morris Witherby, also known in some circles as the Rambler Without a Cause. How do you spell Morris with a B? <laughs> hang on. No, hang on. No, don't worry. I think I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm so amazing. proud of myself that right was, now. That was very good. I'm so sad that that <laughs> can't be the night. episode title, that it doesn't work as a title, because that is legitimately fantastic. Yeah, Morris with a B. Uh, that is boom oh. boom. Please continue, <laughs> Morris. In the wake of Her Majesty's Constabulary taking on and a duly appointed council's representatives failing to take on their duty as protectors of the people's land and the ancient cultural heritage sites within, I've taken it upon myself to get to the bottom of this here um, confabulation. Is that, trust me, there, there, there are some bad actors about. It's amazing what people get up to uh, this day. Well, you don't have to go to the Amdram, Amdram place. Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm doing an investigation here. <laughs> I'm going to poke Arissa and just be like, trust Winona to do her thing. Might be mad, but she does as it well. She, uh, as, as, as he continues, um, I think that Winona, you're... No, this is a familiar name. Ah, I was I was wondering if it was... Yeah, I was going to ask that. 
would you like me to roll for just like how much I know about it? Would it be maybe investigating? No, no, just give, just give me a generic sharp roll. We're not attaching a move to this. Cool, cool. Generic sharp. Mixed success. Okay. Um, what a time to be alive. So this is a name that you've seen crop up. Rambler Without a Cause is an Instagram handle. Such a terrible name. I, oh, he's an Instagram. I might have known. Which is equal parts stunning photography of the Dartmoor countryside and, shall we say, enthusiastic, passionate memes about, like, the people's land. Right, yeah, he's a Manchester Rambler yeah. type. I got you. Um Okay. Um, well, if, if I, 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 as you know, Winona has recently fallen in love with Instagram, and so it kind of clicks in. She's like, "I, yes, I, I've seen your Insta blog." Ah, uh, I must only commiserate. You were also caught in the um, blight of our modern age, but alas, people must move with the times. Says the man who's. I think you stopped following his blog because he up- updates like thirty times a day, and the notifications just get annoying. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I took it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's not that bad, is it? We've had to limit Winona's screen time. <laughs> yeah, she's fallen hard. Yeah, even Zambezi, who, as we have stated before, follows beekeepers and doggers, has had to stop following this man. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, Zambezi, you'll also know this name. He also appears in a similar capacity on a number of local groups, the ones that he hasn't been kicked uh, kicked from. Kicked off from... Oh, he's a, he's a local character. Local character, not like aggressive or disrespectful necessarily just but passionate just annoying yes i he i comes guessed. to all the town meetings yeah, with an agenda he's very very much i never actually watched parks and recreation but i know he's appeared in parks and recreation and um, so you think there's um there's a conf- conflagulation some sort of local nuisance trying trying to cause a ruckus for the sake of the drama and with no 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 respect for the integrity of for the integrity of the countryside, when people you know just want to get away from it all, says a man responsible for at least twenty percent of the county's drama on any given day. He's uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna smile. He's like, you wouldn't be talking about them mysterious lights now, would you? Yeah, lights, fires, fallen stones. Who on earth knows? Well, I mean, stones fall over all the time. What makes you think this is any different? Not only standing stones. That's for certain. They're, um, they, they, they've been up for a few thousand years for a reason. You suspect, um... Well, maybe you got tired. What, say that again, Arisa. <laughs> I said maybe it got tired. Maybe that's what I thought you said. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly, ridiculous. Hon- really. Normally I work alone, but if, if, if you're a fellow spirited towards the need of the, the, the public folk and the local interests, says the one man here without a trace of a Devonshire accent, then... <laughs> I'm certain I could make use of a few peons. I'm absolutely happy to um, follow in your trusted steps. Best idea. There has been that there is the occasional um, spore left around, but really, you must come and see this. It's absolutely ridiculous. The occasional spore, sir. Spore, yes. Spore droppings of animal excretia. Oh. Oh, I thought it was like a smaller (laughs) tall. Listen, Morris with a B, um, I'm sure we can help you out. Uh, I'm going to be backing <laughs> up and I'm going to just pat, um, I'm going to pat Arissa on the uh, on the shoulder and ask me like, I'm sure we can help you out. And I'm sure that uh, my assistant Arissa will be able to help you out with whatever you need. And then I'm just going to lead into Arissa and I'm like, I can't, I can't speak to him anymore. He's driving me up the fucking wall. <laughs> Drive him up the wall back. Go. You want me to instead? I have to deal with the public every day. 
If anyone can drive him up the wall, you can do it, Arissa. Go. <laughs> you turn to find that Withby has already marched off. Uh, going, uh, just, just outrage statements. Um, yeah, uh, the the uh, state of con- state of conservation in this uh, state of conservation in this country. Honestly, no no respect for our grand old British traditions. Yeah, 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 Probably a lot, lot of dog wow. whistles going off right now, but we're not going to go examine those. So, uh, I, hmm. uh, I can, mm-hmm. uh, can I read a bad situation? Yeah. Sure. That sounds like a good Absolutely. idea. Absolutely. Uh, to, to, um, right. to what intent? I'm going to try and ask the question, are there any dangers that we haven't noticed about this man? Yeah, sure. Like, is he on the level kind of deal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can kind of flavour it a little bit, but we're going to try... Right, roll dice, sharp... No, he sounds like he votes UKIP. I got Nate. Mixed success. Um, Yay! The, the one thing he's going to do is he's got the... He's going to hand back the shotgun, although he is going to say, like, actually, don't shoot him, Winona. This is... He might actually be useful. And I think if he goes missing, the local council will have to investigate. <laughs> if only to find out who to award the medal to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to shoot him. I'm not going to do that. Really? And he's also going to... So he's got the flick knife in his pocket, and he's just going to hold it and see if it yep. hums. I don't know. Does it is it is it wobbling? And if it is or isn't wobbling, however, I get hold one on an eight, so I am going to ask, are there any dangers we haven't noticed about this gentleman? I'll say he is your read of him as a person and from the shard of ancient sword in your pocket, a mm. very ordinary, absolutely nothing fancy or special about this guy, apart from possibly his cast iron self image as defender of public access. <laughs> <laughs> okay his self-image has a tabard and a cloak of that you are mm. certain but apart from that nothing weird i'll just motion to the others it's like i think he's proper solid yeah his personal soundtrack is all you know 500 miles by the proclaimers <laughs> i was gonna say ed sheeran and taylor swift but yeah yeah it's like oh, the okay. least what? edgy material it's possible to conceive mm. don't profane sheeran and swift with this man all I'm saying is yeah. that they are, like, if you're looking for punk music, they are the exact polar yeah. opposite of, like... Yeah, yeah. True. Uh, yeah, he's striding off merrily into the gathering dusk. Nothing unusual about him. Are you following? I am going to follow. And do I do this? Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> oops! Okay, you invoked your oops move. If you want to stumble across something important, tell the keeper you'll find something important and useful, though not necessarily related to your immediate problems. I think as we're walking on, I think this is an appropriate time for oops. Yeah, um, so I think in the gathering dark, you stub your toe on something. Ah, damn it. You stub your toe on a palm-sized chunk of rock. Some kind of like Ooh. slate or Ooh. flint. Yeah, that, that should be here. Yeah, it's just kind of a, a, a fragment of something, uh, of something greater. I'm going to make an ow, ah, tripped on. You're right, you're right, I gotcha, I gotcha. Okay, um... I'm just gonna crouch down and just be like, "You need the first aid kit." No, no, no. I should be fine. Um, I'm gonna take a quick look. At- oh, hang on. I'm going to take a quick investigate a mystery. No, is that investigate a mystery? Uh, it can be a component of investigate a mystery. I'm going to move the, the the location of this fragment close to your destination. Yeah, you're going to considering this rock, not necessarily picking it out, but uh, picking it up. But is it arrowhead sized? Mm, no, palm sized. Palm sized. <laughs> Big arrowhead. Spearhead. Ballister head. Oh, I will go owl and crouch down. And I'll see across the moor with my beam light if there are any more. Uh, you pick out Morris, uh, one hand up, up up against the light, and kind of gesturing down. I was like, honestly, will you look at this? 
and something about the something about the texture of the object he's pointing to in the grass kind of speaks to you and you end up making your way over like kind of idly picking up the rock that you tripped on as you do so the standing stone was deeply unimpressive you could see why there are no real legends about this thing would have been standing a grand majestic three and a half feet whoa wow Oh, cock, we shouldn't have got the tow bar. <laughs> and it just looks really quite pathetic fallen there. It's not even regular, it's just like, it might have once been regular, a regular shape, but clearly time and wind and weather have broken off one top corner of it, so it's got this slightly curved aspect to it. I've seen bollards bigger than that. <laughs> now, now, now. <laughs> just like the Scottish Highlands are so are unimpressive because they're just that old, this could easily be the oldest standing stone in Dartmoor. Well, but it's just a stone, isn't it? I mean, at that size, like, it's not even hard to tell if it's fallen over, if it's just meant to be like that. <laughs> oh, well, I'll show you it. You can tell it's fallen over. Look here. And points um, about a foot away from where the slab is lying. And in amongst the grasses, you can see a small stub of what, looking closer, is similar rock protruding a couple mm. inches out of the ground like a tree stump. Oh, so someone's not knocked it over. It's been knocked. Wait. It's been snapped and knocked over. It's not just knocked over, it's broken. Yes. Um, because, you know, as I'm sure any engineers amongst you will be aware, standing stones need um. to be, you know, put in place. Otherwise, they fall over. Yeah, they need to be dug into the ground a little bit. Well, that's the hmm. thing. This stone wasn't just, didn't just have foundations. It's mirrored. Oh, uh. as above, so below. Like a tr- like a tree has roots. Four foot regular structure. We know it was a it was like a perfect rectangle back in the day. I mean, you know, several thousand years ago. So yeah, someone, something, someone. Let's be honest, has come along and just snapped this thing off at the halfway mark. That would. I mean, now I'm no expert in stones, but that's gonna that's one. That's going to take some strength to snap that off. You're looking at, like, that's more than a jackhammer job, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's not just some teenage vandal. That's a that's a calculated manoeuvre. I will say that the, the piece poking up above the ground is much longer than it is thin. This is very much like a okay, large... so it kind of could yeah, it have, would have been... been like like yeah, okay. fully revealed out, out of the earth in its full glory. It would have been a seven or eight foot, basically a two by Pillar. eight blackboard, almost. But yeah, someone's no, been someone's dug you. into the ground. Yeah. So, like from the right angle, conceivable that someone could have snapped it off. Yeah, like okay, it's not it's not impossible. All right, um, but even so, though, that's just sheer vandalism, isn't it? Exactly. It, this is exactly mm. what I'm talking about. And the fact that the council refuses to even consider my very my very diplomatically worded petition to to, to try and restore <laughs> this grand link to our shared to the people's cultural past is. Shocking, honestly, I tell you. <laughs> I love this guy. I love this NPC. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> those ob- We should investigate those objects that Zam found. Are they pieces of the menu? Uh, give me an investigator mystery role, please. Somebody. Right. If you want um, to cooperate, then you can attempt the help out action to add extra plus. So if one of you wants to help out and the other wants to investigate a mystery. I can investigate a mystery. Uh, Just like narratively, this is happening against the background of Witherby wittering on. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is a gentleman who is very difficult to stop talking once he gets a good head of steam going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, right, I am going to hit help out. There we go. Uh, help out with yeah. cool. Yes, please. Submit. 
and no forward. So you have failed to help out, which means, <laughs> uh, first off, uh, no modification to the investigator mystery role. Okay. Uh, you expose yourself to trouble or danger. I shall put that, get that in mind. Investigator mystery, one yep. hold for what happened here. What sort of creature? What can it do? What can hurt it? And also, in this instance, I think the investigating phenomena options work as well. Yes. Ooh. What will be affected next? Ah, mm-hmm. a couple of things. You're looking down at the, the, the very sad-looking slab of slate on the ground mm-hmm. and the kind of the stump and back over to the small piece of rock, which maybe 10 feet away that you kind of kicked your foot on. Definitely same material, and you think you can see an outline, some kind of impact site maybe, where a chunk or two got knocked off this thing. They're definitely from the same piece. Two things happen simultaneously. Oh, cock. One... The sun dips fully below the horizon. Two, and you only see this because you're looking at it, Mm. on the edge of the stump of rock, there is a tiny Mm. flicker of ghostly blue fire, like a sparking cable. It's this flicker of um, ghostly fire. And that's where we're going to end the session. Oh, God. Oh, bugger. Cliffhanger! What dangers await us as darkness falls around Bearsdown Tor, and what tricks will our intrepid hunters pull out of their sleeves to survive? You'll have to wait until next week's episode to find out. But until then, thank you for listening to Diracast. If you'd like to keep up to date with episodes and announcements, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Diracast, and on Instagram at DiracastPod, and subscribe to us on your favourite podcatcher. And hey, If you enjoyed listening to us, maybe consider giving us a rating or review, or sharing us with a friend. We'd really love that. If you do give us a review, let us know, because we will then thank you on an episode in a character voice of your choosing. You can also now support us on Patreon, and we would absolutely love it if you consider giving us just a few pounds a month. Go to patreon.com forward slash diacast to check out the tiers and rewards available. Diacast is Lukey Slynn, Matt George Lovett, Jacob War. Peter Wellman and H. Folkmans. Our logo and banner art are by H. Folkmans. The Diacast theme was composed and performed by Matt George Lovett, and this episode's theme was Midnight Creeping by Jonathan Shaw. This episode was edited by Lukey Slynn. This week we were playing Monster of the Week by Michael Sands, a link to which can be found in the episode description. And at least for this week, that's how the Diacast. No jokes. I am so. I, there, I am so close to buying a papoose to carry Bramble around. <laughs>